0: to the program, the Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. We're glad to have you today. And, uh, man, what a day. It's already been. So, uh, you know, just kind of hang in there with us because they're fast and furious. Uh, coming up later on today Trey Wingo is going to be joining us also Warren Moon the Hall of Fame quarterback we will hear from uh, the former Bears and Packers quarterback Jim McMahon will be here Eric Kramer Uh, we've got uh, Michael Haynes the Hall of Famer so we've got a whole day that's all lined up joining us now here at the table uh, Yogi Roth is here how you been I'm good I'm I'm listening to that list and
1: thinking of the questions I'm thinking thinking to myself
0: okay how, because I'm going through the Hall of Fame list, it's kind of like when people go through these lists, you know, of awards, and then they, they here's your presenter, you know, and then they, they'll, they, I've had that where they've mentioned me, and that's will be like, okay, <laughs> you know, you're just kind of there, you know, you, you're you going to be, uh, you know, there for the Bart Star Award, yeah. which is, you and I are sharing a story about my first
1: experience with Bart,
0: have you you ever get a chance to to meet Barton Cherry Star before he passed? No,
1: I, I grew up in Pennsylvania. You yeah. heard about the lore of him, right? Yeah. I like, didn't get to see him play, obviously, but you'd see old clips here and there and the style and the toughness and the right. ability that he had, uh, but it was just kind of a legend. Right. It It's
0: the, the, the one... Word every that's always been attached to Bart Starr has been class. Mm. The most classiest, honorable person you could... I mean, if you ever wanted to emulate the perfect person, it was always Bart Starr, which is why, obviously, the, the award has been named after him. Do you, do you... When you talk about the lore of Bart Starr and the history of Starr, did you like, get into that when you got that and you started
1: flipping? Oh, yeah. The, you know? Oh, yeah. When, when I heard about this gig, uh, the, the number one thing that jumped out to me was that the players vote on it. Right. And I love that element, right? I work in college football and there's one award of the Pac twelve where the player's one of the best offense and defensive right. linemen and I think that carries the most weight. You look in the league and all the awards that the media gives, or you know, well be it NFL honors, they're amazing, but to be recognized by the guys that really know. Right. I mean these locker rooms shift and change and mold and staffs change and guys know stories. So to me that is like the thing of am yeah, I the players in the league said Russell Wilson you best exemplify the character of Bart Starr right. on off the field in the community, all the things that you reference because you got to know him, right? And that—that's what made me light up when yeah. this event came across.
0: How did this come about? How, I mean. Did they come to you and say, yeah, hey, we'd I, love to?
1: Because that's an honor, man. For it, him. it is. Yeah, I got, I got a call kind of out of nowhere. And they said, hey, we have this event in L.A. You live in L.A. It's during the yeah. Super Bowl. Uh, Darren Gray, who you know heads up a lot right. of the events uh, for Athletes in Action and All Pro Dad. And I'd known the brands, of course. I right. played college football. You see it all the time. And I said, Oh, let me think about it. It's a Saturday. You know, you start ne- you know, negotiating. I you got, you got yeah. kids. I got a baseball game, all those things. Right. And uh, what netted out was like the significance of what I think Saturday morning can do for the people in the audience, the people watching. Yeah. Elevated a- among other things. Because right. I was just like, man, I, I think people are going to get inspired. And here we are. Last year, they didn't have this in person event. Yeah. And I think we all could use a little bit of inspiration. Yeah. So the story and the lore, as we're talking about, of Bart Starr. The people that will be there, like Anthony Munoz, and, of course, Russell. He's going to have his acceptance speech. So I'm excited for the yeah. morning and the, and the program. So when you start to prepare for this, I mean, and you've got a room of people that have
0: either, one, are greats, or, two, have done great things. Where, where does your mind go when you get into the preparation? Because you're going to have to discuss. The,
1: it's not like it's all scripted. Right. You
0: know, you're going to ad lib. You know? so, so where do you go? Where, where
1: do you personally go? it's a great, great question. I had a call with our producer earlier this week, and they send you over, like, relative talking points. This is how we're going to start. This yeah. is what we think. And I said, hey, I got to kind of, let's tear this up a little bit because my persona is one, like, we're going to have fun. It's a yeah. breakfast, but nobody's coming for the bagel and the omelet. Right. They're coming to get inspired. And, right. you know, you've hosted these types of events. So you come in, you get the crowd warmed up, but then there's a turn. And you say, hey, this is why we're here. Yeah. We're here so you walk out a little bit better of a person, better husband, better father, better daughter, better mom, better friend, whatever it may be, and that to me is the big, the most critical element of this event, and that's what I'm most excited about. Um, also, when you, oh, none, oh, okay, I'll, I'll
0: find. We're on, on, uh, we're on the internet as well, and I guess they're having some sound issues. Uh, that being said, when we, uh, when we look at the, the event itself, and you start to. I guess, talk about the honoring of not only the Bart Star legacy aspect of this, but also then the player itself and, and looking at Russell and looking what they've accomplished. Do you have to go through and see all the things that they've done and, and really start to... Because they're going to talk about that, yeah. but you have... Anybody that's really humble doesn't want to talk about all that. Yeah. You have to lead into all of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you got to pencil it all down, and you got to kind of put it all together. And then what What kind of jumps off the page at you for the accomplishments?
1: Yeah. Well, I think the thing for me with Russell Wilson is that, you know, I used to coach at SC when I moved out to L.A. under Pete Carroll. Okay, so that's where I really got indoctrinated into him and his approach, and got to write his book. So I really understand what he's about. And when he took the job in Seattle, uh, I almost went up there, and I was going to coach. Really, uh, yeah, I was going to be the assistant line coach, and I made the pivot into broadcasting. Okay, and I wanted to live in L.A. I loved everything about this city, and wanted to kind of do a different le- uh, lane in in the, in the world of football. Right. But Pete and I still stay in touch. He's the greatest mentor I've had in my life. So when they drafted Russell, he started calling me in OTAs. Then he's calling me in camp. He's like, dude, every day he gets more and more awesome. He's like every day. There's just something yeah, about him, and right. they had paid Matt Flynn twenty some million dollars at the time to be the guy. He goes, "Yo, I just think we're gonna go with this guy." Like everything about my gut says, go with Russ. And then he started talking about the teammate and his work ethic, and so I had a little bit of the behind the scenes on um, the development of him before he exploded onto the scene and went to back to back Super Bowls. Right, and that's been fun and, and talking to Pete throughout the entire journey that they've had together, uh, from losing a Super Bowl to this past season, has been a blast to get to know. You know, from the inside, a little bit of the type of guy that Russ is, and it's legit. Right. So that, to me, was more than enough. And then you track what he does in the community with the Children's Hospital, what he does with, you know, other sports in the community, like the soccer team that they've created in Seattle, the hockey team, all the things where he dives into play and the power of play and play therapy and the development of kids. That's where I lean in. So. I've kind of been able to – I've been tracking Russ. If there's one guy in the league since Pete got there, it's been him that I've been following. The
0: the one guy that – because Russell Wilson, he played at Wisconsin, so we got real familiar with him. Uh, It was only a year, but we still – I mean, he took him to a Rose Bowl, and they came up a little bit short, but it was fantastic while he was there. You could see – I remember when they kept saying Russell's not going to be able to to be a quarterback. He's too short. And I kept thinking of the road graders they had at Wisconsin that were all over 6'5 and 300 pounds. I'm like, no, he'll be able to play in the NFL. I don't ever doubt that, but he was always God and good, and you know what I mean. And some guys thought, no, it's phony. It's for there's nobody that's that good. And then as time has gone on, and you got to know Pete Carroll, and Pete Carroll has then discussed with you what Russell Wilson's attributes are. It's not, it's not a facade. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I think that's the most you know, I guess revealing about Russell Wilson is that it's really not a facade.
1: Yeah. Well look, I, I think anybody who's coached with Pete would say Pete Carroll is uncommonly consistent with his approach. And I think it's one of the best compliments you could give someone, same thing they'd say about Russ. He's uncommonly consistent. To your point of, you know, you meet somebody whether they're too positive all the time mm. or too whether it's God whatever the phrase is that's unfortunately the jumping off point of, ah, it's BS or it's phony, right. And then you get to know him, you're around him, and you find out that's where their roots are. Right. And they've got this traumatic reach. And where can they go from roots to reach? And that's what I love about what he has stood for. And then from, from my lens, I also uh, i am a part of the Elite 11 quarterback camp, which is all the high school guys. So Graham Mertz, they've all been through right. it. All these kids in high school that are 5'10", now believe they have a chance Yeah, because of Russ. Kyler Murray, because of Russ. I mean, you, Baker Mayfield, because of Russ. Th- that's the reality. Right. And there's thousands of kids in the country that think they're the next Russell Wilson. Yeah, And some of them will be, some of them won't be, but they aren't getting slapped down like he got slapped down at 5'10". And that's the effect that he had. And you could argue in some vein that you know better than I, Bart Starr had. And that's what yep. I like about these two quarterbacks. No, Bart Starr was, he he was... A draft pick, way the hell down, seventeenth well, I mean, round. Yeah, I mean, seventeenth it's, it's round. Like he not even.
0: Yeah, he, and and the guys. There's a famous story that that Jerry Kramer tells that they thought this guy he was a wimp. He wasn't mm-hmm. going to lead them anywhere, and he got punched in the mouth, split his lip all the way up to his nose, in Chicago. First time and only time he ever heard him swear, dropped an f bomb, said, "Get your f effing black back in into the you know the huddle," and then went after the Bears, drove him downfield, won the game. And that's when they got respect for him. It's kind of like you got to do something yeah. to prove something. I want to touch real quick. You mentioned Graham Mertz going through the camp. Give me your thoughts because it has not been, for as highly recruited as he has been in Wisconsin, it hasn't been stellar, and, and he struggled at times. Give me your thoughts on Graham Mertz.
1: Well, I think he came in with a dramatic expectation. And what do we know about sports? The higher the expectation the more likely the reality to meet that expectation doesn't come to fruition. That's right. just the reality. There's been one Heisman Trophy winner who's a preseason favorite who actually won it right. in the last 20 years, and it was Liner, right at SC. Right, right, right. So I look at that, and that's the reality, right? Uh, number two, I think when he walked in there as a freshman, he thought he was going to go play, and I think there's a world where he does play. I remember talking to him uh, when they were at the Rose Bowl. And him being like, I can't wait for this offseason. I said, go attack it, man. He attacked it, became the starter. Their former starter transferred. And he became the guy and had a pretty good year, too. Year right. three was a challenge because here we were with NIL, the first guy to have a logo. And the expectations, I think, outside of him grew even more because college football entered this new landscape. Right. I think Graham, and I know Coach Chris because he was at Pitt, my, my former, or where I, where I played. So I would connect with him when he was there. He's great at developing. I think Graham, knowing him and knowing his personal QB coach in high school, who he still trains with uh, in can- in, K- in Kansas City, I think he's going to be just fine this year. I think he's going to come out and flourish, have a big-time year, and develop as he should. Year one, survive. Year two, know the offense. Year three, thrive and put it together. That's right. where he is as a starter. The, the only thing I've noticed about him, while he does have a
0: big arm and can throw, the, there's, there's something in a quarterback that you can tell between your mind and the action. There's that split second. You either anticipate it all at the same time and the body's in motion or you you, you read it and then you react. And that synapse is the only thing keeping him from being really, really good. There are times where he will see it. We can all see it. And you're yelling, throw, 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 and then he throws. And then it's already, you know how it is, the pocket hole closes. It's that fast. And if he can get past that,
1: I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, I, that, That's where I think he's going to be good. I'm for excited for him, man. I don't know if the rumors are true. They were in the portal looking at Caleb Williams, which I understand why anybody would. Yeah. Right? Because I think he's that special. I think Jackson Dart's going to be a New York City guy. I think he's yeah. a Heisman guy who ended up leaving SC because Caleb came in. So that when I heard that, I was like, ooh. How they we thought Caleb Williams there? was going to actually end up in Wisconsin. Th- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like th- when that story came up, I was like, whoa. Okay. Well, he's Caleb Williams is a once a decade talent in my opinion, of that position. I think Graham Mertz is one of the top ten starters in the country in college football as well. So I'm, I'm glad that Caleb is in L.A. and the dust has settled. And I expect Graham to have the best year yet because he's been through now the scrutiny. To your point of Bart Starr bloody in his lip and his nose, Graham Mertz went through that last year. That was not a fun year right. for that program on probably a bunch of levels from the outside looking in. And I think that his resiliency factor is is dramatically in- increased, and I can't wait to watch them.
0: Living out here real quick before I let you go, covering the Pac-12 the way you do, and getting Caleb Williams into USC, what has this done now for USC? One, support, and two, where do they go? Are, are they immediately one of the favorites to win the, the Pac-12 this year?
1: Uh, they'll be a favorite naturally. Like last year, they had 27 votes to win the right. pac By the media, and if you went to practice, you'd be like, well, they don't have the O and D line, right. minute, in my opinion. Going around it. I picked UCLA, Utah, a bunch of teams ahead of the Trojans in the Pac 12 South. This year they've upgraded. I think they added 12 to 14 players in the portal. They're probably not done yet. The Lincoln Riley effect is real. Like, SC's coming. They're not today Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia caliber. But it's going to take them two years. They're not going to stop, though. Right. This thing, this train is moving. Caleb Williams is a front runner for the Heisman. SC, yes, they can win this league. Schedule's not easy. They got to go to Utah. They have some challenging games, but they also miss UW, miss Oregon, right. the way that the schedule lays out. So it'll be fun. Yep. I look forward to seeing their back, he- back half. If they could finish strong, you know, and they play Notre Dame late at the end of the season. Yep. When, if they win that game, look out because now the momentum will really come out with Lincoln Riley and SC in LA. Yeah, and you wonder what Notre Dame's going to be. Yeah, without Brian Kelly, <laughs> I think the brand got cooler. Yeah, from the outside looking in, I was yeah. like, and high school recruits would say the same thing.
0: Yeah, I, I'm never been a Brian. I mean, Brian Kelly's had success. Don't get me wrong. Dramatic. But, yeah, but never had uh, personable wise. Never had uh, the the same same respect for Brian Kelly. I guess is the best way to put it. Great to talk to you, man. So enjoy the enjoy the breakfast. Yeah, which uh, you know, I now do you get nerves. I get juice. Because I always I say like this, on. I can do any day of the week. Yeah. But you put me in in a room of two, three hundred people, then you start to. We got fifteen hundred. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let's go. You know, I'll, two, I'll three, be switched on, yeah. okay. you know,
1: I'm, I'm jacked. It'll be. It'll be fun. <laughs> a lot of juice. Enjoy
0: it, man. It's a prestigious honor. It's great, it's great to have you here. Certainly appreciate you stopping by. Yeah. Anytime. There you go. We're gonna go ahead and take a quick break. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program we are broadcasting live we are here in la and uh on radio row inside the la convention center you've got the nfl honors banquet No, we had a question yesterday about the nfl honors banquet and uh, about when the players uh, the former players will be notified that they are going in to the hall um and from what I understand, now, if they've already been notified, maybe I'm erroneous in this and I haven't caught up, but I thought today is the day that they're going to find out their announcements. Yeah, it's um, today. It's today, okay. So I was, I was talking because I'd asked a couple people and there was some information flying around and I wanted to make sure we got it right, but I thought what happens is that they are going to be notified and then brought to, this whole thing's supposed to be virtual, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong on this, Ben?
1: I didn't see that part. I just saw that okay. today was when they get the call. Well,
0: I, 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 the way I understand it is they're supposed to get the call and then be taken to wherever the gathering is or wherever they're supposed to be. And I don't know if that, that Q&A with the media is going to be virtual or not, but I know that uh, there's some stuff going on over at SoFi Stadium, and that's where some things are taking place. Um, So, you know, Mike Clemens is actually going to be a part of that tonight. And and Mike is out running around right now. He's got some things going on. And him and I have not really uh, touched a lot of base earlier today uh, on specifically specifically that. But I wanted to readdress it because there was some misinformation floating around out there. So, yeah, that will be taking place tonight. And that will be uh, – we'll find out if Leroy Butler goes in. You know, a lot of people out here Packer fan-wise are hoping that Leroy finally gets in, that uh, this is his time. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Hey, by the way, we've got some breaking news when it comes to the NBA. As Adrian Wojnarski uh, reporting uh, that the Kings have gotten Dante DiVincenzo from the Bucs. And Trey Lyles, Josh Jackson. The Bucs are getting Serge Ibaka and a couple of second-round draft choices and some cash. The Clippers getting Rodney Hood, Semi Ogile, and Marvin Bagley Jr. is getting uh, going to the Pistons so a deal that had to be done in numerous fashions uh basically sends Dante DiVincenzo to the Kings and brings Serge Ibaka and a couple of future second round draft choices to the Bucks. now they finally got that uh, that guy that can that can play the middle and Serge Ibaka so we'll see what happens with uh, with the Bucks and if that's they're going to be able to capitalize on that but you know Dante DiVincenzo and I said this I tweeted this out I you know, he never lived up to the expectation coming out of Villanova and being that guy that was a, a, a three-point gunner. However, he was always hurt, and that's been the problem for, for Dante is that he just was never able to consistently stay healthy, and uh, obviously the Bucks need uh, some help down low, and uh, without uh, Brooke Lopez and having that consistent rim protector, you needed somebody, so they went in that direction. You kind of saw that coming, but Dante DiVincenzo had been traded away from the bucks so there you go so That that was some of the news from just a short period of uh, time ago so um a couple of different things 877-867-1670 you want to hit us up do it um this is from uh uh la carthy la carthy who uh wanted to know uh jim mcmahon and said uh watched him play in chicago numerous years heard his health is not good can you give us an update we're, you're going to hear that interview coming up, but yesterday, um, Jim McMahon was being wheeled around here. And when he first came in, you're like, oh my God, you know. Now, Jim McMahon does not look like the Jim McMahon from years gone by. Uh, he is not the bandana wearing guy with the spiked hair, uh, doing the Indiana Jones cover shoot or doing the uh, Super Bowl shuffle. He has regressed mightily from his playing days, from brain injuries. Uh, also neck and spinal cord injuries and he has some other health issues going on but when he came in he was in a wheelchair and we're like oh my god you know but it was because he just had foot surgery that did not heal well at the time now you're going to hear this we taped this yesterday foot surgery that did not heal well and ended up getting infected and he had additional health issues because of that so all of that uh, is compounded just for the fact that he has had some other health issues and And you're going to hear that conversation coming up just after the bottom of the hour, as a matter of fact. So stay tuned for that. But uh, extremely interesting when it it comes to, uh, you know, kind of life after. But as I asked Icky Woods, and we've discussed here time and again, you say to every player, would you do it over again? And every one of them says, absolutely. Wouldn't give it up for the world. Jim said the same thing. Wouldn't give it up for the world. It was the, 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 the best of times in their life, and you wouldn't want to give that up uh, for, for anything. So, for as much as they go through, and we talk about it all the time, and guys come by the table. I mean, you're going to hear from Kyle Turley coming up a little bit later on today. Uh, guys come by the table all the time, and when they do, you, you know, they're coming by usually, especially if they've played the game for an extended period of time, usually if they do, they're coming by with bumps, bruises, aches, pains, limps. Shoulders are bad. Elbows are bad. Knees are bad. Whatever. Ankles. Uh, but every one of them said, yeah, I'll do it again. Hey, speaking of uh, of other things that we taped, uh, last night, the second edition of uh, Live in L.A., the podcast, took place. You're going to want to take a listen to it. I'll retweet it. I'll post it over on the Facebook fan page as well, the link to it. You're going to want to take a li- Ben, did you listen to it or did you just post it? I, I listened to some of it. So did you listen to the end? I did not get to that part. Oh boy, you you did, so you didn't hear about the couple that was at the uh, uh, Yoshimoto restaurant? No. Okay. That see that the the should best I? is for last. Yeah, you should. All right. Yeah, you should. They really nice couple. I'm not gonna give it all away. Really nice couple. Uh, sat down ne- next to us at the bar, and then revealed some stuff. To <laughs> us. And it was like, wait a minute, what? Are you kidding me? What? And uh, yeah, uh, I, it blew right past me. I had no idea at the time, but uh, Mike and Kristen picked up on it, and so you're gonna have to uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to take a listen. What to are it, we talking it. about?
1: Hand size again?
0: <sighs> Freak my ass out. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> so you got to take a listen to the podcast. Go and check down check out the LA Live podcast part two. That is now up on uh, where you can get our podcast. That's Spotify. You can find us over there. On uh, whether it's Spotify or uh, iTunes or over on a Google podcast, you can find it all over the website as well. But you got to go take a listen to it. Really, really, really good stuff. So we got celebs walking around today. I mean, as far as sports royalty goes, Michael Irvin's making the rounds uh, over here today. Just saw him walk by. Trey Wingo walked past. Uh, like I said, we uh, had a chance to catch up with Jim McMahon. So you're going to hear that conversation. Ron Jaworski is going to come by and uh, give us the lowdown a little bit later on. Now, I will say this. Jaworski, I think he might come after the program, so we're going to tape it for tomorrow uh, if, indeed, he makes it later today. But you'll, you're going to hear a good conversation with Ron Jaworski as well. As tonight is Cigars with the Stars. Uh, that is the the Mike Ditka event with Ron Jaworski, and they do it for the Gridiron Greats and numerous charities. But uh, that's that's the big party tonight so there are some parties and such that are, because obviously of the nfl awards banquet they moved the awards banquet from saturday to thursday um, for standalone i guess I, I i don't know specifically why they did but uh that's coming up tonight but yeah that's uh normally that was on a saturday so tonight's party was the one that was so incredibly well attended by anybody and everybody in the nfl ranks so we'll we'll see how it is tonight but that's coming up tonight. Tomorrow is the big party uh, for all of us covering this thing and sponsors in the NFL. Uh, they host their big uh, shindig out at Universal Studios tomorrow night. So we're going there tomorrow night before we head back to, to the weather. I see it's only going to be 15 on Saturday, right, Ben?
1: Yeah, not warm. Correct me
0: if I'm wrong. Yeah, warm. it's gonna not going to be warm. So we're going to be heading back. They're actually setting records because I – uh, out here, they're setting records. Uh, we were, you know, talking inside this convention center. They keep it at about sixty-seven degrees, and you know, if you've ever sat in sixty-seven degree weather, it's great. You're like, oh, this is awesome for the first half an hour, forty-five minutes, and then after that, you start to get a little bit cold. So by the time you get outside, which here is midday, it's noon. By the time we get off, now we don't get out of here right away, but you know, it's mid-afternoon. Uh, today's going to be close to ninety here now i know people are going oh god cry me a river i i agree with you but when you come out of the cold and then you come into the heat and you're dressing for the cold it's like wow you start peeling off layers of clothes the minute you walk outside it's that kind of it is it's no i love it i love it but um but but you do when you you sit in here you freeze and you can't wait to get outside and the one thing about it is right across the street is the ritz carlton hotel the ritz carlton is a really tall high-rise building but it, it would probably be a little bit bigger, I think, maybe than the Northwestern Mutual building in downtown Milwaukee. Not much, maybe just a little bit shorter or a little bit taller, but it's right in that same same element. But the whole building is glass. So the time of day you leave here, the sun is hitting off of that glass, and you walk out, and the entire walk from the convention center to the parking garage, you're in this bright – you almost feel like what the, the way an ant would – when you have a magnifying glass with sun coming through it over toppy, that's the way you feel because you just you just feel that heat coming off of the glass of that building. It's just amazing, which, I, you know, again, Crimea river, right? Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away and take a quick break. When we come back, you're going to want to take a listen. Uh, we talked and, and sat down and talked with Jim McMahon, the former Green Bay Packer quarterback, for, because he did back up Brett Favre, won a Super Bowl, and then ended up, uh, you know, winning a Super Bowl, obviously, with the 85 Bears. Prior to that, but you're going to hear his thoughts on coming to the Packers after playing for the Bears. You're going to hear about uh, the characters inside that locker room for the 85 Bears and such and a lot of really, really interesting stuff. Stay tuned. We are broadcasting live here in L.A., brought to you by our good friends over there at Bud Light. Bud Light is the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Can't say thanks enough to them for bringing us out here and being with us all throughout the year on many of our on-site broadcasts. That is our friends from Bud Light. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show live in L.A. coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michaels Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. We are in LA. We are here inside the LA Convention Center. Enjoying the day, which has picked up, it's gotten busier. Uh, and like I'd mentioned, more and more, uh, the A-listers running around. And one of the guys that we happened to catch up with and really were kind of worried about when we saw him, uh, and give credit in the world because Mike Clemens was here when we, uh, when we did this. But Mike, uh, had run into uh, Jim McMahon and said, Oh my God, that's Jim McMahon. He, he was in a wheelchair. So we brought him over and, uh, and and he ended up you know kind of you know throwing a headset i mean he was glad to talk to us uh, obviously being you know from wisconsin and so uh anyway long story short was uh, you know he he wanted to sit down and chat with us a little bit so jim mcmahon um we he came over threw the headset on mike clemens and i had a chance to talk to him we started out just by saying man how you doing
2: well, other than my foot i'm doing okay
0: what's wrong with the foot
2: i had to, <clears throat> i put off my ankle surgery for years had to get it done had the first surgery day before Thanksgiving, he got infected. So oh. three days later, had to go back in the hospital for eight days. Had two more surgeries. I've been on my couch for the last two months. Still can't walk.
3: So oh wow, it's, it's getting better, but it's slow. Do you ever talk to Don Makhowski? I've not talked to Don for quite a while. Like he had kind of an odyssey too with that that injury that when Favre came in and replaced him, you know. So we hope that that uh, gets straightened yeah, up for a, you there.
2: I think without the infection, I'd be up and walking by now, but it was it was pretty brutal. It looked like I was going to lose my foot for a while, so.
3: Oh, boy. God.
2: It's coming back.
0: Yeah, well, good to hear. How uh, otherwise, as far as just health-wise, you doing? Because I know, you know, there's been some documentaries. You've been a part of many things regarding the NFL and CT yeah, my and such. Yeah,
2: head, my head, I still go see my doctor uh, about every three months, four months back in New York. Uh, a <clears throat> little adjustment, and I'm good. As soon as I start getting headaches and, and, uh, you know, bad pain in my head. I know it's time to go see him. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, he can he can keep me functioning pretty well as long as I'm. The neck and head is aligned. Right. So, I mean, do you do you still watch football? You still have the passion for it? Or I watched the playoff games this year un- unbelievable games. Yeah. Especially that Bills Chiefs game was just right. I mean, uh, I I, felt, I kind of felt bad for Josh Allen. You know, he, yeah. he did everything he could to win that game. You know, you go ahead with 13 seconds, you figure you're going to win. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, w- I, w- I was happy to, for Andy Reid because Andy's you know, my old uh, lineman back at BYU, so right. I always keep up with him. But I, I felt bad for Leslie Frazier, who was another teammate of sure. mine, and he's their D coordinator there at Buffalo. So, uh, But it, that was one hell of a game. And, and the uh, the Rams game was, was a good one as well.
0: Yeah. No, But I, other
2: than that, I haven't seen him. Yeah, I was no, I, didn't, ask you. I haven't seen Cincinnati play all year long. And yeah. uh, I watched that game, and I was pretty impressed.
0: This year, Brady's retiring. Roethlisberger's retiring. You know, you've had Drew Brees. Have, numerous guys have left the game. The, the The quarterback position has changed, but do you kind of see a changing of the guard for some of these? These You just mentioned some of the quarterbacks, but a changing of the guard going on in the NFL?
2: Oh, no doubt about it. These, these young kids can play. I mean, uh, they, they get to play in some fun offenses, too. I yeah. Mean, they're slinging it all over the field. And that's... That's something I wish I could have done back in the day.
3: So, um, I covered you in 85. I've, I covered the Green Bay. I, mean, I would watch Lynn Dickey have a, such a great offense with uh, with James Lofton and, the, you know, the the the, Bear, the Packers defense try and battle, but then they go up against you guys, and you just played with them. I mean, you you know the tremendous defense, and you guys just had. And and what's funny about this, Jim, is this: they're going to talk about how Joe Burrow from the Bengals. The kids are excited about him because of the sunglasses he wears and all that. They think he's got a little bit of swagger. I'm like, dude, let me show you Jim McMahon tape when it comes to swagger at all. I mean. That whole your whole team had swagger.
2: Yeah, we had uh, some pretty fun individuals. You know, not only great football players, but a lot of fun guys. You know, we just that's what I miss. You know, hanging around the locker room. There's a lot of humor in this game. A lot of funny people. Uh, some of it's kind of sick, but it's funny
3: as hell, anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's we had a lot of different characters. Was did your head coach Ditka, who was a character himself. Did he want players like that, or was there a conflict between who was getting more attention—the head coach or the players? Well, it got to a point where he told us we shouldn't do any
2: more endorsements, right? And then, uh, because I remember Jim—I think it was Jimbo Cover and Jay Helgenberg had a had a deal to do the Chunky Soup commercial, right? And Dick has said, you know, nixed it all. And about a week later, he was on the commercial, so we <laughs> we got a little upset about that.
0: Yeah. How how was that as far as the personality? Because I, I, I go back to my days growing up, and I got a chance to interview Sparky Anderson when he was the big red machine in Cincinnati. And he said to manage Pete Rose and Johnny Bench and Joe Morgan and all these different personalities, how difficult was it, do you think, to corral the personalities in that locker room that you guys had?
2: Well, I I don't think he had much of a problem. I mean, he, he was still the head coach, you know, and, and uh, we still had to go to practice and yeah. deal with that. And if he was mad at us, we'd be running hundred-yard sprints for forever at the end of practice. So, you know, we our practices lasted about three three and a half hours because wow. there was a fight every play. You know, because you know Buddy Ryan wasn't going to give an inch, and Ditka wasn't either. So, right, you know, we had uh, everything was live, so it was basically playing four games a week for us.
0: Yeah. Well, you, you know, talk we, talking about a clash of personalities there, just in that between Buddy Ryan and yeah. Mike Ditka. Anyway, holy mackerel!
2: Yeah, we, it was a ama- we won in spite of those two. I think.
3: <laughs> So, of all the weird things, at some point, Ron Wolf must have called your agent and said, "What's Jim doing? Can he come to Green Bay?" And you end up being Brett's backup and to help him, you know, in the what turns out to be his Super Bowl run. How did that? You did you say really the Packers are calling? Well, I
2: I should have gone to Green Bay probably three or four years prior to that, but uh, there was too much bad blood. Still, I mean, you know, the seven years I was with Chicago playing against Green Bay all those years and, you know, the the thing with Charles Martin, uh, it was just, I just couldn't see myself going up there. But then I talked you to Andy Reid. You couldn't see Reed.
3: yourself going up there or they were interested in bringing you up there? No, they wanted to bring me up there. Well, yeah. see, that's good for the franchise for them to say, hey, the best player available, you know, and we don't care if he was that, that bear guy, We you know, best player available. In fact, at 95, you guys
2: came to Cleveland early in the season. And uh, Andy Reid was on the staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, Andy and I were playing catch at the 50-yard line. I'm in my Browns uniform. He's in his Packers. And he's going back. You should have came here this year. I said, I know. I've screwed up. I don't like it here at all. <laughs> I said, but don't be surprised if I'm available. And yeah. then the very next, you know, that that's a Sunday on Monday afternoon. Uh, I'm in the watching the game, game film at the quarterback meeting. I get up to go to the restroom. I... I confronted the uh, GM that was giving me the runaround for the for the ten weeks I was there. They owed me money. They still owe me money. Yeah, and uh, that's how I got to Green Bay because I had him by the neck, kind of hit him against the wall a few times. I, said, I called my attorney. to said, "Get me cut right now." Wow! And they did. And the next day, I was up in Green Bay. So,
3: what was it like that year uh, with with Brett in the quarterback room? That kind of did you just kind of get out of the way and let him do his thing, or did he did he ask you questions? No, we we discussed a lot, especially in uh, uh,
2: training camp of 96. You know, I I saw what what day the Super Bowl was going to be. And I was talking to Brett. I said, look, this is kind of working out like it did in, for us in 85. I said, we lost the NFC Championship game in 84. I said, the Super Bowl is going to be back in New Orleans. I said, it's on the same day.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, who would, have, who would have guessed we're going to play the same people that I played 11 years sooner? Oh, that's so awesome. it was a, quite a bit of deja vu. I said, just don't screw it up because I knew we had a good football team. Right. And
0: uh, he didn't. How, how big of a presence, because we always talk about Brett and, and bringing the title back to Titletown, but I've always said you don't win that game without the presence of Reggie White on the opposite side. And you know what a good defense is. Reggie, that leader, you, you don't win that without Reggie.
2: No, our defense was pretty damn good up there that year. I mean, uh, not only Reggie, I think Santana Dotson, uh, Sean, the big, the big—I can't even remember his last name. But I just saw him. Sean Jones. Sean Jones. Sean Jones. Yeah, Sean yeah. Jones and then yeah.
3: Leroy Butler.
2: Leroy Butler. Um, yeah, we had we had a, a good. You can't win without a defense. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, those big guys. Big Gilbert those, Brown in the middle. Big Gilbert. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we had we had a good football
3: team. I. The other thing, Jim McMahon, is is this. Um, I can't get over the fact that I used to have access right on the sidelines with you guys. And I'd stand next to Hampton and, I'd, and say, man, that's what a football player is supposed to look like, you know, as big a dude as he was. And just all the different personalities that you had going on. I mean, do you ever realize that? you know, in your life, if right place at the right time, at the right age, and what it takes for all those things to come together in order to achieve the success that you guys had oh, in those no, seasons. There's
2: no doubt. I mean, we we struggled with the first three years I was there, 82, 83. We started getting better in 84. Uh, we ended up in the NFC Championship game that year. Uh, we played in three NFC Championships in five years and only won once, so. You know we had a good football team it's just uh we didn't play well in the playoffs yeah
0: yeah i sit here and look at this book and i just started perusing it and and so many it's called walls of walls of fame and it's it's the unforgettable you know pictures of you guys you're indiana jones in one of these pictures i saw and i remember the griffey picture with ken senior and ken griffey jr and such um but you look at so many of these guys in their prime and the flamboyance that they had and you know would you trade it all for anything no, or was that the, been was been that the good best? Yeah. I was going to say, was that the best? Cause I get all the time. I get guys that come out and they, they can't walk. They can't talk. They got problems with brain issues. They got problems with rheumatoid arthritis, you name it. And you ask them and they all look at me the same thing. You know, no, I don't think I traded for the world.
2: No, it's uh you know, we all, we all figured we're going to be, you know, hobbling around bad knees, bad shoulders. Uh, but nobody ever thought about the, the head and the brain. Right. And, uh, that's, that's the thing they're concentrating on now, as they should. But there's no way to, to stop these injuries because, you know, no matter how good the helmets are, you know, the, the brain is floating on a, on fluid. It's, it's, yeah. it's only stuck to the, the spinal column. So, you know, when, when there's a collision, your brain's going to hit the side of your skull. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys when they get my age it, that are going to have some problems. But yeah. I'm sure they wouldn't trade it either, especially with what they're making
3: these days. Right. You've always cut to the chase. You know, a straight shooter about that, and I. So I think that now at this point in your life, for you to be open about that, that just continues with who you've been all along, right? I'm I'm going to tell it straight the the way it is.
2: Uh, why lie about it? Yeah, you, know? you get asked a question, you answer it the way <laughs> as truthfully as you as you can. Yeah, I've always tried to do that. Yeah.
0: Does the NFL? Do you do you still reach out? Do you still are you still talking to the NFL about things that you're going through? So. They can continue to, you know, kind of monitor progression, so to speak?
2: Well, I remember talking to Roger Goodell and the, uh, the guy that runs the NFLPA back when, uh, when I first started going to see my head duck. You know, I, I, I saw the relief this guy gave me, and I said, look, you should be talking to this guy. Mm-hmm. And that's when I think they gave $100 million to Harvard for this study that this guy has been doing for 30 years. Yeah. And that's when I knew, I said, he doesn't, he doesn't really care about the players.
3: What do you think about Aaron Rodgers? Not sure if he wants to come back with all the wins he had the last two or three years, and maybe he needs to go someplace else. And what, what what's going through that guy's mind? What's your guess? I really
2: don't. Know. I don't know what's. You know, I guess he's got problems with the front office. I I really I haven't followed the story enough to know exactly yeah. what's going on. But yeah. all I know is he's a hell of a player.
0: Yeah. I know you didn't watch much football at all this year. You get the, the Bears got a quarterback, Justin Fields, came out of Ohio State, a running quarterback. Uh, there's some hope, you know. Really, you haven't had, they haven't had success since you weren't there. Uh, that's what they live on is the grandeur of the 85 Bears. So what is it like if this guy, if Justin Fields, is able to really take this team and throw it on his back and be able to take a team to a postseason continuously and possibly win a Super Bowl? Tell me what it's like. Being in Chicago and the size of that city, and having them rally around you when you're on your way to a Super Bowl
2: well, it was great for me. I mean the city was always always treated me well you know they their fans if you just play hard in Chicago they'll love you and then if you play hard and you win they'll love you forever I mean, mm-hmm. that's <laughs> and that's, that's proven out pretty pretty true because yeah. every time I go there i it's hard for me to buy a beer, which is nice, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, it's, I think, you know, Chicago's always been known for their defense, you know, who's their middle linebacker, you Mm -hmm. know, who's their running back. That's, that's basically what Chicago has been forever. And so, you know, even though they, you know, I thought I I did okay there, it's still, it's still a defensive and and running, but you know, they're a running, they're a blue collar team, you know, just like the city. So, uh, it would have been great to been able to throw it all over the field like they do now, but uh, Dicker was not like that. He was old school, and we're going to pound it, pound it, and, and that's what we did.
0: It's great to talk to you. Wish you nothing but the best uh, health, and, and hopefully the foot heals up yeah, and you're I, walking around soon. I just want to be able to walk again. Yeah. I've,
2: I've been on my couch for two months. And
0: so yeah. I'm
2: tired of this. But you're, out, uh,
0: you're, out of, you're out of your Netflix subscriptions. So. Oh, yeah. I've, <laughs>
2: I've watched a lot of shows I've never seen before.
0: So. Jim, it's great to talk to you. It's great to see you. I certainly appreciate you coming by the table. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks, uh, all you people in Wisconsin. Have a great time.
0: There you go. That was uh, Jim McMahon, and uh, great to talk to him, great to catch up with him and we had a chance to record that uh, yesterday afternoon. So it was just uh, its so good to, to kind of see him and, and pick his brain a little bit. Let's do this. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to sit down with Mike Clemens and kind of catch up a little bit as to what's going on uh, with the, these two teams coming up shortly. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, here's Mike Clemens.
3: The Rams and the Bengals getting ready for the Super Bowl. Sunday night here at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Rams linebacker Von Miller on what he's telling his teammates about his experience winning a Super Bowl six years ago with the Denver Broncos. And there's no way I can really just uh, explain to him exactly what it would be like. But, um, you know, I can tell them what it feels like to go out there and win it.
0: And um, that's that's just what I've been putting on the guys, man. Football heaven. We're 60 minutes away from
3: it. Bengals tight end C.J. Uzama talked about his reaction when his team was just one win away from winning their first Lombardi trophy despite suffering a sprained MCL in the win over the Chiefs in Kansas City. You know, I just went to bed with a smile on my face knowing that um, at the end of the day we're getting to play for the Oh, I mean, we're playing a freaking Super Bowl. Like that is so that is so sick. That's so sick. And former Packers left guard Aaron Taylor was on the Bill Michael show live here from Los Angeles and talked about winning a Super Bowl with Brett Favre and was asked about this year's team going from the number one seed to one and done in the playoffs.
0: How disappointing was it to see that they just couldn't convert and be here. Brutal to be that close with that team, with that chance, I'm down to botched special teams in a couple plays that nullifies all of the preseason, all of the great stories and the resiliency of coming back, all of the turmoil with Aaron Rodgers and the things around vaccinations. They weathered all those storms and have a couple busts in the third phase. Special teams are 18% of the total plays on a football game. But unfortunately for the Packers, yeah. they were critical, and it cost them a chance they may not ever get back to.
3: That's former Packers guard Aaron Taylor in Los Angeles. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Glad to have you back. We are
0: broadcasting live here in L.A. about a minute or so before we get to the top of the hour. we got a lot more coming up. Mike Clemens over here joining us. And uh, Michael... Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of anticipation for uh, obviously tonight, but the game as well as we really start to get into the matchup of Cincinnati and uh, LA.
3: Yeah, and yesterday uh, Roger Goodell kind of put on the spot when this reporter from NFL.com, Jim Trotter, said, "You know, Roger, I work in your office, and you got 12 guys in the front office, and only two of our minorities." kind of put the commissioner on the hot seat right there during his press conference as for the Bengals, they're doing okay cg uzama the the tight end he's limited right now in practice they hope to get him on the field with that mcl they're practicing UC, ucla at the drake field everything's fine but the rams they're up in the hills at thousand oaks the wind picked up 20 to 30 miles an hour you've seen on the tv in the yeah. morning they talk about the santa ana winds so, Sean McVay, who's lost his voice, you know, he's kind of got he's a He's always horse, had raspy a raspy voice. voice, yeah. He lost his voice yesterday. So, today they're going to have to take the Rams away from their home field down to uh, the Pasadena on team buses and practice at the Rose Bowl today because of the high winds right. out in the hills in L.A. So, it's kind of weird that the home team has to make that kind of adjustment.
0: And we saw those uh, winds a little bit last night at dinner begin to yeah. kick up when the tent that we were eating under began to waver. Well, that's how uh, I lost my hairpiece. When yeah. It went blown off
3: <laughs> over the cliff in the Hollywood Hills.
0: <laughs> We've got two hours down, two hours yet to go. Mike Clemens alongside. we got a lot of guests yet to come. We've got uh, a terrific day still coming to uh, t- coming to you, mind you. Uh, we got a lot more, as I had mentioned. Uh, Mel Renfro, the Hall of Famer, is now sitting down with us. We're going to talk with him. That is only two minutes away. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this.